This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. Less than a week to Thanksgiving. It's the 17th day of November 2023. We've got Dan Zampano coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so to talk about last night's NFL game. Thought it was going to be a great game. Turned out not to be. Um, injuries, a big part of that game last night. So we'll talk to Dan about that. Some of last week's games and stuff coming up this week, uh, coming up here shortly. Um, Jim Harbaugh has decided to forego, uh, not Jim, Jim Harbaugh, but Michigan as well, has decided to forego the, uh, the court hearing that was supposed to happen today in Ann Arbor about his three-game suspension and has decided that he will – just serve out that suspension, and as part of that deal, the Big Ten has agreed to drop any further investigation into what Michigan did. Um, I didn't think the judge was going to overturn the thing anyway, so at at the end of the day, uh, it's probably the best thing. Look, you know, I mean, if you're Michigan, you want to put this in your rearview mirror as quickly as possible, and I hate to say this, and I, well, well, no, I did say it the other day, and I'm going to say it again. It gives Michigan a built-in excuse if they lose to Ohio State. They can simply say, oh, my God, well, we didn't have Jim Harbaugh. He would have been the difference maker. So, you know, it's not a true indication of whether or not uh, Ohio State's better than us. Um, I, I, You know what? I think they'll probably beat Ohio State anyway. I could be wrong. Um, but it does give them that built-in excuse just in case. So, uh, at least – uh, I think I think it was the right move for Michigan. I absolutely do. I still I still don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to be in college football next year. I still think he'll be in the NFL. Uh, again, I could be wrong, but I think with everything that's gone on with him and the the NCAA and the Big Ten the last couple of years, I think he's had enough. I mean, I would, I would, um, and you know, I mean, and especially if they have a great run this year, if they win um, the Big Ten, if they get to the national championship game. If they win the national championship, I don't know whether they can do that or not. I still think Georgia's going to be the team to beat, but um, says Captain Obvious. Uh, you know, if they do that, what else will he have to prove, right? So it would be a perfect time for him to ride off into the sunset. It would not shock me at all if that happens. Uh, baseball news from yesterday. They named the most valuable players to the surprise of no one. Shohei Otani, Ronald Acuna Jr., both win the MVPs in their respective leagues, both of them unanimous. I was a little bit surprised about that, but, um, you know, uh, I guess I shouldn't be as far as Otani goes. It's the second time now that he has won the MVP, and it is also the second time he has been the unanimous choice. Um, 
Injury aside, at the end of the year, look, you look at his numbers, and it's kind of hard to argue, right? I mean, you know, there's no question. And they pointed out in the AP story uh, yesterday, not even Babe Ruth, when um, he was pitching and batting in the same season. And that only happened a couple of times. Uh, You know, he did it for the Red Sox um, a couple of years, and uh, he hit 300 with, like, 11 homers and 61 runs batted in in 1918 Went 13 and seven, had a 2-2-2 ERA. Uh, did a little better than that in 2019. He had 30, 29 homers, 113 runs batted in. Went nine and five with a 2.97. But that was it for him as far as pitching and batting in the same season. Because after that, he made only five appearances on the mound in his final 16 years playing for uh, the Yankees. So uh, you know, Otani is doing things that nobody else has. And, you know, you look at his his batting numbers this year, 44 homers, 96 runs batted in, hit over 300, you know, uh, had a ton of triples, still stole 20 bases, and that was without playing after September 3rd because of an oblique injury. Uh, 23 starts on the mound, went 10-5, and five, ERA about three, struck out 167 in 132 innings. His walk number's a little high, but, uh, but then, you know, he uh, tore the UCL, in his right elbow in August 23rd, so didn't pitch after that. And so, you know, not a surprise as far as he goes about being unanimous. I don't know who else it could have been, to be honest with you. Um, Corey Seager finished second. Uh, Marcus Semien finished third, a distant second, a distant third. Uh, Julio Rodriguez finished fourth, and uh, Kyle Tucker Finished fifth. Somebody actually gave him a second place vote, um, but uh, it was a it was a runaway for Otani in the uh, American League. So, uh, and now the question becomes: Is how healthy is he going to be? How long is he going to be able to both pitch and hit? And how much is that going to affect the contract that he's going to get in free agency? A lot of people thought he was going to get five hundred million bucks. I think that injury to the elbow, the fact that he definitely can't pitch this coming year. And whether he'll be able to pitch long term is a big question, right? You, it, it's just uh, you know he could come back and pitch in twenty twenty five and blow that elbow out, and that could be the end of his pitching career. So we'll we'll see. And uh, I don't think he's getting five hundred mil. He's going to get four hundred mil easily, um, but I don't think he's getting five hundred million dollars simply because I think there's going to be too many questions about that elbow. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., the unanimous choice in the National League. He got all 30 first-place votes. Mookie Betts finished second. He got all 30 second-place votes. I thought Mookie might get a couple of uh, first-place votes, but not to be. Uh, Freddie Freeman finished third. um, And uh, finishing fourth was Matt Olson from the Braves. And Corbin Carroll finished fifth, who, of course, was also the NL Rookie of the Year. By the way, by finishing fifth, Corbin Carroll gets five million bucks. He gets a two and a half million dollar increase for his twenty twenty nine and twenty thirty salaries uh, because of uh, finishing fifth in the rookie of the year. So good for him, uh, good for him. But Acuna just an unbelievable year. Um, he managed to stay healthy, which was the key for him. But uh, hit three thirty six, uh, stole seventy three bases while hitting forty one homers and one hundred and six runs batted in. I mean, and you know what? He could have won it one other time. If you remember back in 2021, he was probably going to win it until he blew out his knee in July. 
Uh, in, because in July, early July, he had 24 homers and over 50 runs batted in in half a season. So he was probably going to win it that year too. But uh, uh, So congratulations to them. The award season is now over. Let the serious uh, hot stove stuff begin, and let's start signing those free agents and give us uh, some baseball stuff to talk about uh, during the winter months. Uh, the A's move to Vegas was approved by MLB owners yesterday. It was approved unanimously. You know, and, uh, you know, uh, look, you know, the problem here, and I was trying to explain this to my daughter yesterday because she couldn't understand why they're moving is, you know, why. And I said, well, look, you got an owner who's loaded who doesn't want to spend money. So he puts out a crap product and wonders why fans don't want to come. The, the ballpark aside, because Oakland Coliseum is a, is a dump, but the fact that he's putting out that crap product year after year, why would people want to come? And he's pocketing money. He doesn't care. And he's moving from the sixth largest TV market in the in the country to the 40th. So how the hell is the revenue, the television revenue certainly isn't going to get better, moving from the sixth highest market to the 40th? That's insane. But MLB owners have proven that it just doesn't matter. It's a good old boys club, and you can pretty much do anything that you want, and nobody's going to stop you. Um. Uh, so they will play in Oakland for this year. Their lease is up at the end of this year. It's unclear where they'll play before their stadium is supposed to be ready for the 2028 season. If I'm Oakland, I tell them to go pound sand. If they want to extend it for a couple of years, go away. Make them play in a AAA stadium somewhere. Good, it's an absolute joke. Um, I am uh, I am very very down on uh, on the fact that MLB owners did this. That you know what? No, not that they did it because they only needed I think a three-quarters of the owners to approve it. That's probably not a high bar. But I wish wish somebody or a couple of teams stepped up and said, eh, no, this isn't right. But nobody did. Nobody had the guts. It's 16 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Dan Zampano is going to join us to talk NFL football. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call. It is 18 minutes past the hour. Uh, here in Western North Carolina, and joining us from the mountains of Virginia, it is Dan Zampano for his regular uh, Friday visit. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Uh, Yoda Lehihu from uh, Lynchburg, Virginia. That's what I would say. There you it's, go. it's a great day here on a mountain. It's beautiful here in the Commonwealth, and much more beautiful than the game last night, I will say that. Oh, man. I'll tell you, you know, and we talked about this briefly before we went on the air, but, you know, I thought this was going to be a great game last night. Uh, Joe Burrow has to leave the game in the second quarter with a wrist injury. Lamar Jackson was, like, playing on one leg, it looked like, for half the game. The Ravens lose their tight end. But at the end of the day, we kind of got robbed. But if you are the Cincinnati Bengals, yes, you lost Joe Burrow, but you also didn't have – uh, a defense that could stop the Ravens at all last night. Yeah, it seems like in the first half we had a good defensive performance from both of those teams, but, but once Burrow went out of the game, I think I think Herb Street was really right when he said that that took the wind out of the sails of the entire team. You know, I mean, they yeah. just know that we're not we're not moving the ball on offense. Jake Browning, as I said to you, what can Browning do for you? Nothing. Um, you know, I said that uh, off the air, and, and it's true. Like it was, it seemed promising at the first throw of the game, and then right after that, it was it was no mas. I mean, so it felt like it took the wind out of the sails for the Bengals. Sam Hubbard also didn't even play in this game. 
Uh, T. Higgins didn't play in this game. The Bengals have been banged up. And, and the Ravens, you're right. I mean, the Ravens have found other weapons. And what's amazing is this feels like kind of the first time that I've really gotten to watch the Ravens, you know, in full on, on prime time. And, man, that offense is so different. Like, they do not do as many design runs. They do a lot more under under center. And, you know, they get more people involved. They got Gus Edwards. They got the kid Mitchell out of East Carolina. That's outstanding. I love yep. that kid. I love him coming out of the draft. Their receivers are great. Unfortunately for them, Andrews out for the year, it sounds like, is an absolute huge blow. But, you know, they also got to be careful with Odell Beckham. He got hurt kind of at the end of that game. Um, but they have so many weapons. They flowers the rookie. They they are really loaded there. And my concern, biggest uh, my biggest concern for the Bengals is, you look at the rest of their schedule. They brutal. don't play a losing team the rest of the way. Yeah, it's brutal. I mean, they, they, and if and if they have to play Jake Browning next week, do you trust <laughs> them against Pittsburgh next week? Nope, because right, I don't. That would <laughs> yeah. be a that would be a Mike Tomlin special right there against this, against the Bengals if Browning's got to go. Yeah, I mean, I was you know at the end of that game. Um, or actually, I have to. I have to admit, I didn't even watch the end of the game. I think I, I turned it off uh, early in the fourth quarter, and uh, but as I was uh, heading to the bed, I heard taps playing for the Cincinnati Bengals season because with their schedule, <laughs> I mean, I just don't. I mean, look, they're still five and five, and you know, uh, you know, you can say they're in it, you know, especially because they've got a, a a Cleveland team that lost their quarterback right ahead of them. Pittsburgh, I still don't trust Pittsburgh. And look with Baltimore, and I know they're you. You said they're doing they're a lot different on offense, but man, I'll tell you what: when you watch Lamar Jackson limping around like he was last night, you know it's kind of like they're a they're a an ankle injury away from being a disaster there as well. Uh, he got rolled up on last night, and you know it happened probably in the second quarter. So. Uh, you know, he, he definitely wasn't himself the rest of the game. I, you saw bits and pieces of it, right? but he's going to enjoy these next 10 days off, I think. And he's going to need them because, um, because they're, uh, unless they play on Thanksgiving, I don't remember if they do, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he's really going to enjoy that to get healthy because they need him. That, I mean, desperately, especially with Andrew's gone now, they need him more than ever. Oh, no question about it. No question about it. Um, so now in that same division, the Cleveland Browns lose mm. their starting quarterback. Is there, you know, his injuries aside, has there been a worse trade in the NFL since maybe the Herschel Walker deal uh, eons ago? I mean, what a mess that has been for the Cleveland Browns. The Herschel Walker, the Ricky Williams. Oh, I Ricky mean, Williams, forgot about him. on and on about that. <laughs> That's that's a great one, uh, banner year for the for the Saints that year. Uh, I would say I will say this: not only is it maybe one of the worst deals ever made uh, by Cleveland, it's also easily the worst contract ever signed. Yeah, uh, because he's still got three years of fully guaranteed money. Like there is no, there's a full full cap hit right. on on this. It's an NBA contract, so. You know, I don't know. I mean, there was talk this week about possibility that he's injured now and, like, do the Browns just reset? But how can you reset? Like, how can you make a trade for this guy with that kind of a contract? And would there be any team willing to do that? You're never going to get the compensation that you had to give up for it. Yep. Um, you might get one or two first-round picks for him. 
but that that's about it. Maybe you know. Yeah. I think I I think I think uh, I think it's going to be really hard for the Browns moving forward. And you know what's wild, Gene, is like they won that game, uh, and and the whole second half he played with what was it a shoulder injury or an yeah. arm injury? Yep. And he didn't miss a pass. Yeah. He was fourteen of fourteen in the second half. Yeah. So somebody shot him up with whatever they poured <laughs> all or what have you, and he was amazing. It was like the first time in years. Yeah. So maybe that's the secret elixir that they got in Cleveland is shoot him up with Toradol and he, he's good to go, you know. So it's a very unfortunate situation in Cleveland. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, and we'll talk about this when you make your picks, but, uh, you know, you look at the fact that Dorian Thompson-Robinson is going to be starting a quarterback this week, and they're still favored over the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. We'll get to that in a bit. But yeah. Who, what? I don't know what – I mean, and that I think that speaks to the lack of confidence that I mentioned. I'm not, I don't trust Pittsburgh, and I think it speaks to the lack of confidence a lot of people have in the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting with Pittsburgh going forward too, because it's like they're they're a team that's that's you know losing yardage uh, the yardage game every week, and somehow they find a way to win. It's just like as ugly as ugly can be in Pittsburgh too. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that. I mean, you know, you look at last week's game, and they managed to win that game um, against the Packers, but boy. Uh, that was ugly. Kenny Pickett was not very good. Thank God they were able to run the football because their passing game uh, has just been brutal this year, hasn't it? Yeah, it definitely has. And you could see the frustrations from guys like Pickens and uh, and others. And you know, but you, you want to know something, Gene? It, it speaks to something here, though. Do you think that the Steelers and, and the team overall? Do you think that they, you know, trust Kenny Pickett? Do you think like do you think that they like enjoy him as their starting quarterback? Like I haven't seen any signs that you know they don't have the faith in the guy to get it done. Like like and we compare those we compare Kenny Pickett to a guy like Mac Jones, right? Or a guy like Zach Wilson. Yep. You know, I, and it doesn't seem to me like Pittsburgh has an issue with Kenny Pickett being the starting quarterback. You know, and I get maybe he's getting a little bit carried. But he's still managing the game, yep. and he's still getting the ball on the field. And whenever their defense comes up with a play and they stick with it, they stick in the game and keep it like a 16-13 game, and, and at the end of the game, they win. Yeah, you so, know, you know, you, you, can, you can respect that, you know. You know what I think it is? I think it, that there's a couple of things here. A, I think the fact that he played at Pittsburgh has something to do with it. I mean, he's kind of like, like a local son now, right? Um, but, yeah, I guess but, so. but I think it's also the fact that by and large, Kenny Pickett, as you said, manages the game. He doesn't shoot himself in the foot as Mac Jones does every right. week, right? Throwing right. a bad interception right. as Zach Williams does all, or I mean, Zach Wilson does all the time. So I think that's the difference here is that, yeah, he's not playing great quarterback, but he's not killing you either. Right. Exactly. You can live with that God, Kyle Shanahan, how many quarterbacks does he lived with that can do that? <laughs> right. You know, so, 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 you know, I mean, and, and who's to say, I mean, it, it would be so on brand for this season if Pittsburgh goes out and just wins this division yeah, and, and, goes to the, and, goes to the, and goes to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right, like because it, it, it's just the dumbest season ever, right? You know, it's well, like, okay. well, you know what? But and you know what? You 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 kind of hit the nail on the head with the NFL in general this year. It is the dumbest season ever. You know, <laughs> you can't look. You know, I I made a joke about this on Monday after the weekend's games. I was like, okay, so who's the great? Who's the best team in the league this week? 
You know what I mean? And I know, like, mm-hmm. I, I look at your, uh, you know, you, you put your power rankings out every week, and, and I look at those, and they don't change a whole hell of a lot up near the top, but I also don't have confidence that those teams that are up at the top really are the best teams because from week to week, you just can't figure this this league out this year. You know, I mean, did you look yeah. after as bad as San Francisco had been? And look, we expected San Francisco to have a bounce back, but did you expect them to go out and thirty-four to three Jacksonville last week? No. You know, no. I mean, you know, I mean, ja- absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's a team that was kind of on the rise. You felt like, you know, I mean, you think they're going to be a playoff team, and and it looked like that they had things going in the right direction. And then Brock Purdy just said, "Yeah, by the way, here I'm back," and and you know, and yeah. and. and he didn't turn the ball over, and that's that's the key. He had been the turnover machine, and now all of a sudden they just go out. And so I can't figure this league out this year at all. I can't. I don't have confidence that any team is going to win any week. I don't care how well, big the spread is. I'll say this. I'll, <laughs> I, I'll say this. I still think there's only four teams really that that have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Okay, who are they? And, and the reason and the reason I say that I say the Eagles, the Niners, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Okay. And the reason I say that is because every time we've seen a rising team play one of those teams, they they've gotten yeah. shellacked. Yep. Yep. Lions against the Ravens, yep. they get shellacked. Jags against the Niners, they get shellacked. Dolphins against the Eagles, they get shellacked. Chiefs against the Dolphins, same thing. I mean, it's fair. You know, it, it's it's it, to me. If you all those teams have in common is they have really good or really competent quarterbacks. Yep. They have multiplicity of weapons. They have very solid defenses. Mm-hmm. And they have great coaches. Right. Every single one of those teams. So name the other team that has all of those things. You some of them some of them have some of those things. Right, but not all. Right. But they don't have all of those things and those four teams to me feel like they're on a crash course for championship weekend. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, and that, it could well be, I guess, you know, and I think some of it, you know, look at uh, the ball, the, the uh, Buffalo Bills are a perfect example. I mean, they got their offensive yeah. coordinator fired this week after, after losing to the Denver Broncos. And, you know, what was interesting was Josh Allen took it personally and said, it's my fault. And you know what? He's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think he has some blame, but if you look at Josh Allen's numbers and you look at the offensive numbers, like they're as good as they've ever been. He's thrown eleven like, interceptions. Is as good as the Bills. Yeah, interceptions. Yes, he definitely has thrown. But that's as that's as good as he's been. Right, he leads the league in interceptions since two thousand eighteen. Right. So you know, yes, does Josh Allen uh, is Josh Allen a little bit cowboy, a little bit Brett Favre? Yes, but you lived with Brett Favre and you won with Brett Favre and you live with Josh Allen and you'll die. Like Josh Allen's too talented. He's not going out the door in Buffalo. Right. That's not going to happen. Right. But you look at the, uh, to me, there seems to be an infrastructure problem with the entire organization where somebody made the point this week, Gene, their, their run for a Super Bowl died with 13 seconds left in Kansas City. That that has not that has haunted them since it happened. So that, you know? that was the high the high water like mark. They've, that was it because if you look at it, they have built their team as a passing. Uh, we got to we got to outscore Kansas City right to beat them, and they're not worried about winning the Super Bowl. 
Right. They're not worried about building a team for the outdoors like Western New York is. I've said it for years, and I've said it on this show. This is not a outdoor built team. You look at their they are the they are the Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. from from 15 years ago. Great quarterback, good weapons, a uh, a finesse and not physical defense. Right. You know that's that's, that's how they are. They're smaller defense, and and I think that's right on the money with that. You know, it seems to me like Buffalo. This may be if they do not make the playoffs. I do not know how McDermott survives this. Really, I have no idea. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I look at what he has and where they are, and I get they've been injured on the defensive side of the football. But I mean, you're the de- you're the defensive guru here. You know, you fired your DC. Yep. You let him go. You know. Yep. Like I, I don't know how you can justify. You know, a another year where now it's really gone downhill. I mean, what's a more disappointing team? A team that goes from the middle to to the basement, like the Patriots, or a team that goes from a Super Bowl contender to just a middling football team? Right. You tell me. Well, you you know the other part of this is when you look at that. You know, when you look at the Bills' season, they sh- we're having we may be having a different conversation this week maybe not but maybe we're having a different conversation except for uh self-inflicted wounds at the end of that game they still should have won that game right the two the 12 learn how to count your players 12 players on the field on a field goal attempt that the guy missed are you kidding me and then the pass interference called just before that to to set him up i mean it was like Holy cow. I mean, you know, can two and and by the way, neither one of them you can dispute. This wasn't an officiating problem. This was a Buffalo Bills problem. Right. And it starts as the head coach and it really if you look at the way they've structured their team, it starts with the GM. I mean, this guy gets all the credit in the world for drafting Josh Allen, for making the digs trade. What has it gotten them? You know, they yeah. haven't been they've spent so much money on the defense, but they're spending money on old Von Miller, who still doesn't have a sack this year, they're spending all this money on Ed Oliver, who's a undersized defensive tackle, is a top fifteen paid tackle. Right. They drafted Epinesa and Rousseau and and guy after guy after guy on the defensive line, and none of them have really worked out, you know, yeah. except for Oliver. Yeah, true. You know, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. You know, I and I don't know if anybody's talking about this, but I actually give the uh, Denver Broncos some credit. Uh, for the penalty at the end of the game because instead of going up and and playing that at the end of the game differently and like spiking the football and then just running the field goal team out by doing it the way they Mm -hmm. did and having the clock running so that it's almost like a fire drill at the end and the the field goal team's running on and you know they're exchanging personnel I give Denver some credit for running it that way or uh, because that may have confused Buffalo Matty Ice uh, on our show is a big Broncos fan. He's kind of said it over the last couple weeks. The team has bought in to Sean Payton, and and people give Sean Payton a lot of credit, offensive mind. But you got to remember where Sean Payton comes from. He is coaching the whole team. He right. is not coaching just the offense. He is a Parcells disciple, right. and that's where he that's where he kind of cut his cloth is understanding that the whole team has to be coached. You are the CEO of this football team right? and for them to have that right. And they did it. They did it twice in that game. Remember with the field goal team, they had it all worked out. They ran the ball down the bills throats methodically yep. and Russell Wilson, God bless him. 
he made some unbelievable plays on third down in he that did. game. He did to get them to get them there. So that this team is totally turning around, and if they can win on Sunday night against the Vikings, How about I mean, that? we yeah. have a story on our hands. <laughs> Look out, Denver Broncos! Denver Broncos may not be dead. It's let's ride season once again. Well, then that narrative that Sean Payton was uh, was talking about when he came in about how poorly coached his team had been. They shouldn't have been as bad as they were. All of a sudden, that narrive sounds a whole lot more intelligent. Yeah, well, than... Where is that? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, all right, let's let's get to the you – know, I just want to – I you know, we've been getting a little giddy here. Let's, let's bring you back down to earth. Let's talk about those Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have to? Yeah. Well, here's what – here's here's the thing. Um. You know, we, we you know like they lose they lose the, the one of the worst games ever. You know, you're watching the game, and you're like, oh my god! And you know, we have a quarterback controversy now. Bailey Zappi's in. Here's the thing: this team is not better with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. It's just not. I mean, there is no reason to bench Mac Jones at this point, unless unless as a conspiracy theorist, the Patriots are going for the highest possible draft pick, and Bailey Zappi can help them get to the top three. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know I'm always down for a good tinfoil hat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but but um, look, I understand. You know, Mac Jones is has been put into certain situations which are non-conducive to his abilities. But at some point, you got to make a play. I mean, yeah. at some point, you got to nut up or shut up. <laughs> And, oh, I like that. <laughs> you know, Mac Mac Jones has consistently not only been bad in his footwork, bad in his decision making, uh, bad in his processing, but he whines about it, and his attitude sucks. Yeah, and his body language sucks. And if you go to the team, if you go to the team and after that performance and all the performances we've seen this year, and say, guys, I'm sticking behind Mac Jones. What does that tell your locker room? I mean, what we think he gives us the best chance to win. But doesn't he? I mean, I'm not sure. Really? I'm not sure. He's playing that poorly, Gene. I, I, I think you have to at least see. Like, we've seen Bailey Zappi in games, but coming in cold, off the bench, like never a full week to, to prepare. Right. Always just, like, we need we need to see – what this kid, I mean, he, he's younger than Mac Jones. He's developed, you know, Mac Jones for all intents and purposes, Gene, in my opinion, I think he's done in New England. Oh, I, I think th- he's done. Oh, oh, I agree. There's no question about that. I just and, meant, and, and I just why are we prolonging year. the inevitable? Well, because, why are we prolonging yeah, the inevitable? Well, if he's done in New England, why do we have to play him? Well, yeah, but Dan, he's, but Bailey Zappi, even if, Bailey Zappi is not the quarterback going forward for the New England Patriots. We know that. Right, we do know that. You're, cause we do. I mean, I think, I think, I think you're right. I do think you're right. But the question is, right now on the team, who gives them the best chance to win? And Mac Jones has consistently, consistently put them in a position where, when they need it the most, he makes the mistake and he's lost them games. Okay. So what what are we doing anymore? You know, I mean, like, and, and what does it matter anyway? They're not. They're not. Like, <laughs> well, yes. You think, Mac, you think Mac Jones versus Bailey Zappi? Like, they're not going to the playoffs. No, no, no. You know, no. I mean, like, what does it matter? Any? Where is where is Bailey Zappi that much worse than Mac Jones? Like right now, 
the way Mac Jones has played. I don't see it. Okay. Well, I don't think we really know because Bailey Zappi hasn't been on the field. Well, so well, that's I, my opinion. Well, I I think the Patriots are heading for a top three draft pick. That's what I think is happening. A hundred percent. Which is not I, a bad. They and didn't not even have thing. to tank. They didn't even have to tank, Gene. They were that bad, <laughs> which is incredible, <laughs> which is unbelievable. I mean, that has to be the most disappointing team in the league, does it not? Oh, no question. It just has to be. Well, look, nobody ever thought that the Patriots were going to be a playoff team, but I don't think anybody thought the Patriots were going to be. I think they did. Really? I think they did think that they were going to be a playoff team. I think there were multiple people out there that were saying, look, they were one game away from the playoffs. They had a horrible offensive coordinator. Now they're going to get Bill O'Brien with the same exact team. Like, there's a shot that they well, could win nine, okay. ten games. You know what? That's... I said that, yes. But there were multiple people that said that, and I think that that was the expectation. But Yeah, but you know you what, know? Dan? But, Dan, that's fair until early in the season when the, the the injuries, especially on the defensive side, started adding up. You know, where you, that is true. You know, where you start losing those guys so early in the season, and I don't mean just, you know, losing a guy in the secondary. I mean, you losing some some horses. Right on the defensive side. Yeah. I mean, so I think you know, week three or four, I you knew this team was toast. You know, I mean, at least I did. With all those injuries, I didn't think there was any way it would have taken a miracle. I think for this team to make the playoffs as soon as as soon as guys like Judon and all started following falling, they were screwed. I, I do agree with that. Is that as soon as the injuries bug did spite them? But I think preseason, like I thought they were, you know, anywhere from a seven to ten win team. Okay, and there it's it's unbelievable that they're actually a three to six win team to me. <laughs> yeah, like that that is incredible. I've been saying six wins, and that seems optimistic now. <laughs> now, I, I, who are that? If they Bailey Zappi the versus Tommy DeVito next oh. week, like. Oh. Oh, good night. I, I joked on uh, you had a, when you put your power rankings up. I joked. I said that's, yeah. the, that's the inevitable. You know, I mean, I, it's Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the inevitable because that's just unbelievable. Dan, yeah, Danny, De- we are so far gone from yeah. those Super Bowls. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, it, I think the Giants could probably play Danny DeVito and, and beat the, the Patriots the way things are going. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm, I love it. I'm just saying. Um, on the other side. Um, uh, how long is Brandon Staley going to keep his job? I have no, I mean, no idea that was how an, this has continued. That was an entertaining game last week. I will give you that. But how many times is, I mean, if you are Justin Herbert, you've got to be, you've got to be hitting the bottle after every game with, with this. Because what else can you ask this kid to do? We talk about firing Belichick in the middle of the season, and yeah. nobody talks about firing Staley. He needs to go. I mean, it's criminal. Like, it's another one of those games where Justin Herbert lifts the tides of all boats, and the defense can't stop anybody. The right. defensive genius can't stop anybody. Right, right. It, more times are we going to go around the merry-go-round on this before before somebody throws up? Yeah, you it's, know? it's crazy. Uh so I, I, your your guess is as good as mine as to why the guy is still coaching. Your I, guess is as good as mine. Yeah, uh, you know, unbelievable. Um, and uh, then there's the great story, and my favorite story of the season so far, and that's the story of Josh Dobbs. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, winning the you know he's been there for he's been there for like two weeks, and he's two and zero. Oh. How about that? I mean, you know, and he followed up that you know the the. Uh, 
the crash course win with a, a solid performance last week. That is a good win for the Minnesota Vikings. 100%. I mean, they came out and absolutely pounded the Saints into submission. And even though the Saints got back into that game, I mean, it was never really a shot with Jameis in the game. So, right. you know, to me, it's like, wow, you know, this guy – you got to give him credit. He just rolls with the punches. And the great thing that he adds to the dimension is their legs. His legs are just, you know, they, they, he's given them a run game. This is one of the worst rushing teams in football. They've also lost Cam Akers for the year and he's given them a run game. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta love that. And you know, about him is his nickname, the pastronaut. That is just <laughs> so, so great to me. I love that. And, and you know what also enhances an RPO game is a really good weapon at wide receiver. Jordan Addison has been that, yep. but now they get Justin Jefferson Jeffrey back, back yep. and and that's going to be a massive upgrade. So, hey, I, I think the Vikings really have been a great story. Can they continue it is a great question because one of the things that they've done really well is Brian Flores has coached that defense up to, to play outstanding football. I mean, they have been much better at getting to the quarterback, so – if they can keep doing that, we might have a fun little story in the playoffs on our hands well, with Minnesota. you know, and when you look at Minnesota, Dan, their next four games, they're at Denver. All right, so you got to figure that's a winnable game. Now Denver's playing better, no question, mm-hmm. and it's at Denver. But then they've got the Bears. They've got to play at Vegas. Win. And, and then they have Cincinnati, who no longer, who may not have Joe Burrow, depending on how bad that wrist is. I mean, think about yeah. that. I mean, that's their next four games are all winnable games before they have to play the Lions two out of the last three games. That's that's going to be, you know, that'll be a, a handful. But, I mean, the Vikings have a chance to get themselves, if not a division title, at least a wild card berth, I think. And, and you never know if the Lions have, have the division wrapped up. Maybe they're not playing too many people week 18. You know, right. I mean, and the Vikings are going through. I mean, you know, you never know, like in the league, in this league. So, uh so, yeah, it's a great story, and I hope that uh, – I'm rooting for them. Like, it's hard not to root for them. i got a brother in, brother in Indiana that's a huge Vikings fan. He's been he's been holding on forever since the Randy Moss Culpepper days, and I hope they get it done this year. That would be amazing. All right, let's get to this week's games. You had a rough week again last week, 2-5 and five last week. And, again, you know, it's it, – Really? Yeah, you're 2-5. Wow. and five. The only games you got right was uh, Pittsburgh beating Green Bay and Indianapolis beating the Patriots. The rest of them, you all – you tanked on all of them. Well, at least I knew that one was coming. <laughs> uh, let's start off um, in uh, in Jacksonville. Jacksonville, a seven-point favorite uh, this week. Both teams, Tennessee and Jacksonville, both coming off disappointing performances last week. Yeah, no question. And that's what's kind of scaring me off about Tennessee is, like, I feel like Tennessee is going to play this game hard. It's a divisional game. You know, these games are usually close. Right. Uh, but Levis just got – you know, that was a tough go for Levis. And one of the things Jacksonville does really well, they didn't do it well last week, but one of the things they do really well is they defend the run. And now they're going up against Henry. Um, and that's going to be a challenge for that defense, no question. But if, if Tennessee has to rely on Levis, that's going to be a problem. So so I'm going to take the Jags here uh, probably closer. I don't I don't love the spread on this one, so right. I, don't, I don't really want to take anything with it, but I'll take the Jags to win. Well, in uh... – in an equally important game to Jacksonville is the one that is at Houston. Uh, Houston is a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Cardinals, but it is a Cardinal team now that has Kyler Murray back and makes them a, a, a better team. I know he's got a lot of rust to kick off, uh, but he looked pretty good last week. 
the chicken nugget is back, my friend, yep. and he's coming for blood. I love it. I, I, I think that this could be a fun game. Houston has been on a roll. They've been on a tear. I think that this is probably my upset of the week. I think there's too much respect on Houston. I mean, they're, they're a good, they're a good team, but you know, to get that many points and, and uh, against a, an Arizona team that, you know, if you look at the way they're getting healthier, they, they get James Connor back, they get Kyler Murray back. They just signed Michael Carter off of the jets um, at running back. So that, that team, you can run on the Texans. You've really been able to throw on the Texans the last couple of weeks. And, I think Kyler coming back is going to make uh, – this is going to be a much tougher quarterback than the Texans have had to deal with the whole year. So I, I like – and remember, Anthony Richardson uh, pretty much lit them up when he True. played them. True. Uh, so I, I think that this could be interesting. The problem is that Arizona's defense is so horrible. <laughs> that <laughs> CJ, CJ might have himself a day. Yeah. But let's have some fun. Let's roll the dice in a shootout. Remember, everything's bigger in Texas, but Kyler Murray's also from Texas. So uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals. Which is why, by the way, that game is the biggest over-under of the week. It's 48-and-a-half. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. Um, well, we talked about Brendan Staley still having a job. Uh, the Chargers are on the road this week at Green Bay. Now, on paper, you I mean, the Chargers, you know, you would think would win this game, and they're a three-point favorite, but, you know, I, I have no faith in this Charger team. Yeah, I think uh, you talk about on paper. I think I might just want to hear about the final score in the newspaper the next day and not watch this game because this is like absolutely horrible. It's two teams that are completely disappointing. I yeah. think like Herbert, Jordan Love is trying to be Justin Herbert, but just continuously just rockets balls over people's heads. So right. that's that's a problem for Green Bay here. You can run the ball on, on Green Bay. Um, the Chargers did a good job of that last week of running the football and the week before that. So, I don't know. This game stinks. I guess I'll take the Chargers. Well, you know, the thing is, is that the funny part is, Dan, you know, and this is probably why Brandon Staley still has a job. If the Chargers win that game this week, they're a 500 team. And with the with the amount of, of middling stuff that's going on in the AFC, that puts them right in the middle of the playoff picture. Sadly, yes. And, Unreal. And you know what? I, I, I think that this game in particular is one that I would not be surprised if Green Bay won the game uh, at all. <laughs> that might be the but undoing for I Staley. Just, right. That that might be. If they go to Wisconsin and lose to that team with a bunch of rookies and second-year kids, I mean, that's going to be brutal. So I, I think this is probably gut-check time for the Chargers, and, yeah, I think they'll win. The lowest over-under of the week coming up in Cleveland. Cleveland is a one-and-a-half point favorite against Pittsburgh. I still don't understand this spread, but this has the potential yeah. to be – you know what? This has the potential to be a Patriots-Colts game from last week, 10-6. to six. Uh, We could only hope. It'll be like Leather Helmets, 1933 with these two. I mean, it'll be, it'll be great. Uh, look, uh, DTR loved him in the preseason. It's a, it's a different game when he's played in the regular season. And right. I think the record, if I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, the record for Mike Tomlin in his career as Pittsburgh head coach versus rookie quarterbacks, 28 and six, Whoa. 28 and six wow. against a rookie head, rookie, rookie quarterbacks in his career. So 
I think I know where I think you know where I'm going. <laughs> yep. This is yep. this is pretty straightforward. It's it's gonna be a great defensive battle. If the Browns can get some turnovers, that would be great for them. But this feels like Pittsburgh this does feel thirteen twelve with like, you know, five minutes to go and Pittsburgh kicks a field goal to win the game. I mean that's that's what this game feels like. Um two teams uh kind of going in opposite directions, although Seattle had to struggle like hell to beat the Washington Commanders last week. Seattle is at the Rams, and the Seahawks are a one-point favorite. This is a must-win for the Rams if they have any hopes of uh, climbing back into the playoff picture. Well, you know, what's great for the Rams is that they have Matt Stafford. He's relatively healthy. Right. Uh, they They have their offensive line a little bit back now, relatively healthy. And I think the Seahawks are extremely fraudulent. I mean, I, I really think that they are teetering on the knife's edge. Uh, and anything that get goes wrong for them, like the last couple of weeks, losing, they should have lost to the Browns. P.J. Walker gave them a gift. They, they almost lost to Washington last week. Mm-hmm. They got ran all over the field, and they needed a miracle uh, field goal to win the game. I mean, I don't see how you can trust Seattle right now. Uh, I do like the Rams to win this game at home. And with McVay off of the bye, I think that's also a big thing for him to get up, to, to be scheming things up. I like the Rams offense to perform here. And Raheem Morris has a good day. I'd like the Rams to win this game. Okay. Uh, two teams on the rise, uh, I mean, such, such that it is. Uh, Denver is at home. They are a two-and-a-half-point favorite with those Minnesota Vikings and the Pastronaut. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is a tricky game yeah. because my first inkling is take the Vikings. They're getting points, Mine you know, they're, yep. they're getting disrespected, yep. but man, you know, Denver, yes, they got away with one on Monday night, but they're also structurally playing really sound football. And, and Russell Wilson, if you look at his numbers against the blitz has been really good and nobody blitzes more than the Vikings. They, the Brian Flores, the highest blitz rate of any team in the league. So if they can't get to Russ and he can't and, and he pulls some some rabbits out of his hat, this could be a dangerous game. I think they're going to try and run on Minnesota as well. And and say what you will, but Denver's defense, even though they gave up seventy points earlier in the season, <laughs> they're playing a lot better. Mm-hmm. They're playing a lot better right now. They're getting pass rush. They got Baron Browning back on the defensive end. To, to help with the pass rush, him and Nick Benito have been dynamite. Justin Simmons has played well. I like the Broncos to win this game and, and end the Vikings' little run here. I think the Broncos are starting to be for real a little bit and coaching, coaching on on Sunday night in that in that stadium, mile high, tough to play in, in that field, especially for an indoor team. I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Denver. Okay, game of the week, uh, possible Super Bowl matchup: Philadelphia mm-hmm. at Kansas City on Monday night. The Chiefs a two and a half point favorite. Everything here screams Chiefs. Does I mean everything does right? It's it's that's it's why Philly. Night. That's why Philly will win. Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes has been a killer as as a as a favorite of three or less. Um, you know it, it's it's really that way. Uh, Andy Reid off of the bye has been a dynamite. I think Philly's going to win the game. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I think. I, I think. <laughs> I know it. I, and and the reason I know I, I, I set you. You you know my stick now. Too much. <laughs> uh, the too much. I think the Eagles win because of ball control. Okay. Like I, I think they're going to be. Both of these teams are really good at time of possession and ball control. Yeah. 
But I think the Eagles are going to be more effective because I think that the Chiefs are not fully 100% on defense. I think that, you know, with Hurts' ability to, to get a week off, get a little healthier, they'll run the ball much better in yep. this game. Yep. I think Swift will have a big game for them. The great matchup between A.J. Brown and Trent McDuffie is going to be really fun. And on the offensive and defensive ends, you look at how Philadelphia, you know, their secondary has, has been tough, but their pass rush is as good as ever. They're seventh in the league in pressure rate. They're number one in pressures of total. They're great at hurrying the quarterback, and we know Mahomes has been hurried a lot this year. The Chiefs are 24th in the league in pressure rate allowed. Okay. So, you know, to me, I think the, the game is won and lost, really, when the Chiefs offense goes up against the Eagles defense, the winner of that matchup. I think those have been the weak points of these two teams. I think the winner of that matchup will win this game, and I think it's going to be the Eagles getting past Rashawn Mahomes and maybe forcing a couple turnovers. I don't believe in the Chiefs' offense quite yet. Maybe right in the beginning of the game they'll have a good script for it, but I think the Eagles will figure it out. They'll find a way to win and, uh, you know, send uh, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey's parents home <laughs> with only one of their uh, sons getting a win. Plus, team you got to believe that there's got to be some revenge factor in this game. Oh, I, I mean, think, the yeah. Eagles yeah, had agreed. that Super Bowl. Yeah. They had it, and they got Mahomes. So I don't think they want it, that to happen again. As long as Hurts takes care of the ball, the Eagles will win this game. Yeah, and you know what? And the thing is, I think the difference is, too, is you know you made the point of Hurts taking care of the ball. I, don't, I think Mahomes has been a little casual with the ball this year. We've seen him – uh, yeah. you know, with some with some interceptions that you don't normally think are the Mahomes types of plays, and so he's been a little sloppy at times this year. That might be the difference in this game. I think you're right. The Chiefs, the Chiefs turnover differential, I think, is bottom five in the league. It is, yeah. So you know, so that's that's uh, that's a problem for them, and that's something they're going to have to coach up. But man, that's going to be just a great game. I really hope it doesn't disappoint like last night did, but. It'll be fun as we go into uh, Thanksgiving week. You know what? We've gotten disappointed a lot in the NFL this year. You know, a lot of games that we thought yeah. were going to be great games <laughs> have turned out not to be. So let's let's hope this is like an but early. These are two of the teams. These are two of the teams that I mentioned. Right. Like yes. two of the four teams. Two of the four. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is really going to be one of those games where we get it down to the wire. By the way, I, I, I you know the game, I'm, and I didn't have you talk about this one because the spread's ridiculous. You know the game that I'm, I'm really rooting for this week? I'm rooting for Carolina mm-hmm. to beat the Cowboys this week. Hey. Would, okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. That is my number one pick of the week. Come on. Carolina right? yeah. over, over Dallas. Uh, ten and a half points for Dallas. Look at the That's way Dallas has played yeah. on, on on the road. Yep. And then look at how Carolina's played at home. Their defense has played a lot better. Right. I really like Carolina to at least cover the spread and do not be surprised if Carolina comes out smelling like a rose and winning their that game. Do not be surprised. Well, and not for nothing, but Frank Reich is calling the plays again. He has taken. He has taken. Oh boy! He's an, well, they, they've they've announced that he is taking back uh, the play calling from the offensive coordinator. So I'm not. I'm not Power quite struggles in Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? And again, the Patriots are big fans of the Arizona Cardinals and the Carolina Panthers this week, right? Yes, we are. <laughs> get, get, let's let's climb up. I think I saw a thing this week where the Patriots they were trying to handicap the chances of teams getting the number one pick this year, and I think the Patriots' chances of getting the number one pick were only like about five percent. Well, I know that right now they handicapped Caleb Williams top 
choice for, or, uh, you know, yep. Caleb Williams at USC yep. is most likely to go to New England. And I would hate that. I, I think he's talented as all can be, but uh, there's uh, external factors uh, that I don't think Belichick would go with. It'll be very interesting after the season, we'll talk about it, is if the Patriots do not get in the top three, yeah, that's going to be really interesting what they do at mm. that pick, mm. if it's like four or five. So. Oof. Yeah, because yeah, because it screams they got to take a quarterback. But you're right if they don't, if they it don't, it does. But yeah. I, I'm not sure there'll be one well, there. And the big question is: is will Bill Belichick be the one making that decision? That's a question for February. <laughs> and, well, and and January. And whatever. I'm telling you, and I've been saying it all week on this show: Jim Harbaugh's in the NFL next year. I'm telling well, you, we shall see. I'm telling you right now because I still think I think Michigan gets to the national championship game. Um, okay, and I think they lose it, but I think they get to the national championship game if they get there. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to say, "What else you want me to do?" You know, other than win it, I mean, yep. other than win one more game, what else? What else can I do? And with all the BS that he's had to put up with, I would not be at all shocked to see him ride off into the sunset. He's the guy that everybody wants, and if he can win a national championship in Michigan, he'll finally accomplish what he set out to do. Yep. So yep. it would be—it's going to be an interesting off-season for both of my. We got—we got a long way to go before we get there. Uh, oh yeah, Liberty Flames staying undefeated this week because they're like about what about a fifty-point favorite this week. Yeah, UMass Don Brown, Clinton, <laughs> Connecticut native. Oh, is that that's Don't right? Forget, coming, forgot about that. Coming into coming into uh, into into Williams Stadium this week, so. Uh, team looks good. I went to a practice this week. They they look they look pretty good. So I'm I'm uh, I'm excited, and hopefully they start giving them some respect in the college football playoff poll. Can the University of Connecticut beat Sacred Heart this week? <laughs> <laughs> That's that is a we're gonna have to call our our, our buddies up at Sacred Heart yeah. and ask that question. Well, Sacred Heart's them, not I very Sacred so. Heart's not very good this year. I think Sacred Heart's only won like three games. So uh, which is two more than UConn's won, hey, but still. <laughs> Uh, right, exactly. I, I just said, like like last week, they just want to be like the children at Lake Wobegon, above <laughs> average. That's it. Dan, enjoy the games this week. We'll look forward to talking to you next week, my friend. Gene, God bless. You are the man. Dan Zampano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Uh, appreciate you spending some time with us this morning. Hey, Dolly Parton has a her new album is out today it is a rock album a rock album from dolly parton and uh here's a cut from it it's called what's up it's pretty good you're gonna like it you've been listening to the wake-up call on sports country